0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Get Your AI on the podcast. I'm Ciprian Borodescu, and this podcast is brought to you by Algolia, the AI-powered search and discovery platform. I'm the host of the show, and every episode I invite founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and even AI researchers to share with us their experience in dealing with business problems that can be solved through intelligent use of data. This is episode number 31 let's get your AI on. I'm here with Maria Accente, Responsible AI Lead at PricewaterhouseCoopers Frontier Lab in UK. Maria, it's an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Before diving into the topic of AI and responsibility, how about you tell us a bit more about yourself and your journey to getting into AI
1: sure of course Um, so uh, obviously I'm I'm Romanian although we have this conversation in English for so so more of you uh, can listen to it Um, I've been in London for 12 years now and with PwC for eight and the last five years of those eight have been dedicated to AI and more precisely responsible AI. I've joined, I've joined, I've joined, um, um, AI, uh, center of excellence right around the time it was created, uh, in 2017. And since there, I gradually brought my expertise around digital transformation strategy, but also corporate governance and ethics into the world of AI. Trying to understand how to best create um, the right uh, structure around uh, technology uh, we we call AI, so that we can manage both um, the benefits delivered by this technology, but also the risks and harms. And it was an, a phenomenal jo- jo- journey. Um, uh, those past five years, uh, we we went fr- um, in creating. Um, from creating a toolkit uh, to help our clients deal with all those questions around um, the um, uh, ethics and, and governance and risk of AI uh, and creating a story mm-hmm. that allows us to um, uh, work with the regulator, with the policymakers, with the parliament, not just here in UK because we have a global community, um, but with um, um, governments and regulators around the world in order to shape what um, responsibly, I should look like. What are the, the 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 main risks that we need to pay attention right now before uh, sliding into dystopian future of robots are gonna um, take over the world? They're gonna take mm. our jobs and yeah. so have you. And how to how to change not only the narrative around artificial intelligence but also how uh, investments are being made, what type of technology we develop, and how we develop. Um, it's been phenomenal. Um, also because I've met fantastic people, people that have dedicated their life in researching and working in AI, motivated by mm-hmm. passion, but also high standards, um, and, and values. And, um, all in all, uh, I, I could say hands on heart, it has been, uh, the, the most tremendous, uh, work experience I've had. And, uh, I feel I, I've, I've, I've just started it. Um, there's so much to do ahead of us and, um, yeah, mm. I'm really excited uh, for the years to come and the opportunities we have around us, not only to to really shape this technology and align it with what we want to achieve as a society, um, but also to be able to explore, because it's not just about mm. um, a, a limiting, uh, limiting um, h- how we approach this technology, but also understanding that, we we can take humanity to the next level using artificial intelligence technologies
0: that's uh that's very interesting and uh i was wondering how does a day in your life look like as an ai responsibility leader if somebody wants to join this domain what should they expect <laughs>
1: um first of all um my it's difficult to say um how would anyone? What will anyone need to do um, in a job like mine? Because my the job I have is quite unique. I've created it. I've created it to the extent that when I joined the AI Center of Excellence was was um, very much a new outlet, and we got the mandate to explore and to create opportunities within the firm in relation to AI, which we we were to pursue. And this is how. I've, I've stepped into this role. I created it. Um, so my, my, my day days couldn't be more different than each other. Um, I have times when I have either a client project that I have to dedicate more time in, in exploring with the clients the challenges they're trying to solve and trying to adapt um, mm-hmm. um, the approach we have developed around bringing ethics to life around AI to their context. From um, performing the ethical analysis of one of our products and services, where I, I, I would do extensive research um, on that specific topic. I will speak with our, um, our development team to understand the hypothesis they have built, um, the type of data they collect, how they collected, and work together with them um, to, to, to elicit some of the ethical concerns in the specific project. Or if I work on a policy, which is the case right now, um, it's, again, consulting with um, a, a large number of colleagues from around the firm to understand their perspective when it comes to um, putting together the right ethical principles that are relevant for our firm and for, for our clients and being able to really understand how to best uh, design a set of, of rules, uh, frameworks that will allow our colleagues to really get on with it because you know um ethics of ai although it has been in a public public domain extensively and it was discussed in 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 various formats um and in various forums it still remains yeah. uh, not only abstract and fuzzy to a certain extent but hard to comprehend because it evolves. Uh, so many different perspective of, of points of view. Um, um, there's no black and white. There's one one and zero. It's it's much more nuanced than the world of of computer science and mathematics. Hence, you can understand why having yep. conversation, having working session with technologies is so important because we have to find the right balance in between. Um, how much do we codified hands delegate to the machine versus we keep um we keep 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 those activities being done by humans. So um and I will I will have days when I will get myself lost in um and in, in, in researching and reading academic journals and, and talking with my friends that that um work on those topics at Cambridge or Oxford. Um and, and try to understand where this is heading. It's having visibility on what happens next, what um public policy um is is thinking about, um, what the regulators are planning, it's fundamental not just for us and on how we build and use AI, but also for our clients. So yes, I my 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 days are atypical. Maybe that's why I enjoy I do my job so much because there's not a second to spare to (laughs) to to get bored always something happens um that's a lot of new information to be um uh to get on top of it and make sense and feed it back to our colleagues and make decision on how how do we approach developing AI ourselves um so that it best align with a set of values and 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 it it really really um maximizes maximizes the benefit
0: it sounds very interesting and i think uh we need to unpack it a little bit why does responsible ai matter and uh for whom does it matter
1: that's a very good question you know first of all we need to go back and understand the the concepts a little bit so we discussed a lot about um uh, AI ethics um and AI. sometimes those terms are interchangeable and um that creates a little bit of confusion um we've tried to to define those terms um like we have done with artificial intelligence per se since we are a um, um a for-profit organization so our our job is not to enter into the debates, philosophical debates of what, what is artificial intelligence, what is ethics of artificial intelligence, but more to be able to use the insight um, derived from this research and actually get on with the work. So when we look at all those different terms and working closely with our, our partners from in academia, we decided to go for
0: yeah.
1: the following definitions to separate the terms. First, to say that AI ethics is an emerging um, body of knowledge, a discipline uh, that looks at defining um, what a good life, fulfilling life with AI is, whatever this, what that means, including understanding, um, um, debating what intelligence is and would that extend how do we build, how do we replicate the natural intelligence that exists in, in humans and in animals? Or, um, how, um, uh, technologies that have agencies are able to shape society and individuals. And all the way down, understanding on how AI, um, um, is exacerbating existing societal problem or helps solve some of them. And we said that while we can contribute with feedback from the trenches, from, from, from the, the, the reality of, of deploying, building and deploying and using those solutions, um, our, our focus should be around the discipline that's called Responsible AI. And Responsible AI is a set of more tactical and operational um, uh, uh, um, discipline that looks at how do we understand the key concepts of AI ethics and being able to apply it in, in, in real life um, I, I, uh, at the product level. So how do we design uh, AI um, solutions um, that are aligned with a set of core ethical principles? But in the same time, how do we govern those new technologies knowing that, again, we are dealing with artefacts that are completely different from the previous technology? Think about... Everything that we knew before was static, and suddenly um, we, have, we have a stochastic technology that has its, its own agency, interacts with external environment, um, has a certain degree of uh, autonomy and adaptability. So we need to learn how to manage um, this, this, those new artifacts we're building. And lastly, how do we identify and mitigate potential harm in a, in a real-time perspective? Because, um, AI being again a stochastic technology, um, uh, creates, um, a fair amount of pressure on the existing processes within organization that are, uh, linear and deterministic in, in nature. So overall, how do we build AI that one accounts for human values? Secondly, is well governed, um, in a way that it doesn't, um, create, um, uh, Harm around it, or augments existing risk. And having having this definition, it almost like allowed us to narrow down what we need to be doing. While as I said, we keep an eye on on the conversation around AI ethics. Responsible AI for us is the only way to build AI. uh, Giving how AI operates and the fact that it operates on. not only autonomous uh, um, uh, in 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 autonom- in an autonomous manner, but also it requires um, a, a fair degree of automations, a fair degree of computing power and data. That means that we need to start disrupting and changing our organizations. And on one hand, for us to really take take advantage of the promises of AI, we need to do business and operation. Um, Uh, Differently altogether. And for that, we need to invest in change. And that's why responsible AI as a narrative is so important because it highlights um, a certain way of doing AI, which comes with much more attached than investment in technical capabilities, um, data, uh, brains, computing power, and so have you, is about transforming the way we work, we develop technology, we work with technology, and um, that's something that we all have to do together. Otherwise, we won't be able to have um, responsible and ethical AI.
0: And I was, uh, while you were explaining, and thank you so much for being so clear on the distinction between the two, I was actually thinking on a more philosophical level, uh, we do talk about AI ethics and AI res- responsibility, but is it not, at the end of the day, our own human ethics and human responsibilities that we're talking about of here?
1: Of course, you're making an excellent point here. And and it's something that it was um, drawn to our attention when when AI ethics as a discipline started to emerge more and more in public domain, Um some of the researchers doing work on this than for for many, many years, like Joanna Bryson, who was at bat University and now she is at berlin um she was she was saying that um we 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 shouldn't consider that those artifacts um created by human have different sets of values. We're talking about our own values that need to be reflected in the way we design. We deploy and we use this technology, so you're absolutely right to say the values need to be incorporated in um, in 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 those solutions. but the big challenge we have um, are um, several folds. first, um the set of values um, in uh, all around the world different um, extensively, we have a wider variety of value systems. Um, and those values have evolved, um, over a certain period of time. We have seen in the last 20, 30 years an accelerated update, if you want, um, of those value system. So therefore, the big question is which set of values we ended up incorporating uh, in the AI technology. So far, unfortunately, the values that predominantly were incorporated uh, where the value of the creators of of the first generation of large-scale AI that we see so much embedded into the search engines, in social media, in, um, uh, in gaming, um, and in e-commerce websites, most of those platforms were developed uh, in or around Silicon Valley, and um, they represent the values of um, the American society having said that you know um there there is there is um a danger that has been highlighted by many researchers of of um exporting um um those value through technology around the world and it's a new sort of imperialism saying that um uh, just because this technology was developed by um yeah uh in in America and uh, implicitly reflects the American values. Those are the values that um, should exist uh, around the world because ultimately the way AI embedded in social platforms um, ended up shaping um, the users around the world, but that's a whole, whole new generation. The challenge we would have besides deciding which values we are seeking to um, um uh implement or or incorporate in 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 the technology we build is how to realize that transition from values which are abstract and high level and is in, in um empowering and inspiration into something that's a bit more um hands-on and concrete you know it, it, it's 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 the the cry I've heard from many engineers is say I'm I'm just an engineer you cannot expect me to know how to translate the principle of justice and in fairness when I build a um, um, lending um, um, algorithms or an anti money laundering um, 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 model. So the big the big question is the big question is is how do you help um, the engineers building that to see that, to have a set of instruction, and that's the work I'm doing mainly, is to look at uh, the specific, specific set of values that, that um, exist in a certain context, like one organization that commissioned that tools, and being able to translate those values in a principles, and then from principles, a set of clear instruction that engineers are able to incorporate in design, right? Um, and that's the journey in a nutshell that, that it's, it's required. Um, identification of set of values that are relevant for, um, specific context and pri- prioritize it according with the stakeholders that are part of it. And when I say stakeholders, I mean going beyond the owners of the solution, the developers, but also the communities where those tools are being, um, uh, delivered. Um, you know, biggest example I keep on giving is the fact that many of the digital platforms were not developed with children in mind. And you have the vast majority of children flocking onto main Facebook and main YouTube. Um, even if uh, both Facebook and Google have developed a separate platform for children, um, only, only for, for children to use platforms that were designed for adults. And that alone poses a great risk uh, to the development and well-being of children. So, going back into um, how we do it is, is that identify those values, prioritize it for the stakeholders, and give 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 the engineers a set of clear instructions and also support when they stumble upon issues that are not clear um, um, enough support for 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 the collective. To narrow down uh, those ethical dilemmas and issues.
0: So this brings me to kind of like two questions, but they are um, related. So one is just a curiosity: Uh, is AI ethics or responsibility AI responsible AI an afterthought? Do engineers build? The product, and then think about incorporating an AI ethics team to look at the product, and then have another iteration. That's one part, and the other one is, like, how would an AI ethics team look like, even in a big company? And what if that company is a multi-product company? Do we have an AI team, uh, AI ethics specialist um, that should be company-wide,
1: mm, or mm.
0: a special AI ethics team for each product what have you seen out there
1: wow you've asked me some some really good questions honestly so well you all, asked for it so <laughs> i've asked for it yes yes i i, I really enjoy uh, uh getting into conversation with deep deep question and those are uh, spot on especially that Um, touches on two um, issues that I've been speaking um, widely about. First is the fact that um, computer science education in the last uh, 30 years or so all around the world have uh, been based on a philosophy on a premises um, of one question along, can we build it? This question has gave us Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. This question alone um, stresses the fact that if you have what it takes to build something, you should just do it, regardless of the consequences and implications. And because because of this, the, the way the, the way computer science community has has um, existed so far we are in a point when ethics was always an afterthought up to recently um and and i'll get there in a second it's it's a it's a huge uh, shift in public narrative that puts a um, significant amount of pressure on the developer community um to put the, the ethics at the center of 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 the design and and the development but so far um um we, we have got in this position that we have witnessed so many misuses and abuses of, of AI that have flooded the news in the, in the last few years, because one, we have had the model of Silicon Valley that has got what they got without having to bound to, uh, to any rules, any boundaries. There were no regulation to stop them to becoming what they become. The richest is the most powerful companies in the world. Um, but that, that it's, that's, that's it's almost like a a, a perfect storm. Besides the um, the, the various conditions that existed in the U.S. at the time, uh, including the support um, financial support, many of those companies have received from the U.S. government. And I'll encourage you, uh, our listeners, to go and research um, how much money, for example, Elon Musk or Google has received in the early 2000s from the U.K. government around the internet uh, bubble crash um
0: yeah
1: as i said the the the, uh, the effect of of silicon valley besides having all the other condition was the in, in in computer science education ethics was always as a um uh, elective uh, module um that was somewhere at the end of the list and uh, always um not uh, chosen and even if chosen not really consider as a key component of the curricula the last few years um due to a a lot of public attention and um coming from all those different cases and uh, scandals that we have had with cambridge analytica uh, for example uh, have prompted um the the government and the regulators and with that the public opinion to really look into the implications of such technology. Um, we have seen, and I've, I have witnessed, like um, um, a steep increase in advocacy coming from um, uh, researchers um, and from um, uh, experts from around the world speaking publicly, educating, and raising awareness about the danger posed by this technology. Um, so it's exciting to see that more, more, more universities around the world are now making ethics as a core modules. I would say it's not enough. I think we need to be looking rather than having ethics as a separate, separate module to be looking how each of the components of a curriculum uh, have a ethical ethics component, right? When you teach, for example, cloud what are the moral questions around cloud you know um uh, ranging from um how much computing power how much energy is required to store uh data to perform the vast amount of calculation required for a model for a deep learning model um and we have seen extensive research on 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 on, on that area stressing um the the damage to the environment of training such models one model is equivalent with um flying um flying a plane several times across the america so I think there is a a, a higher degree of awareness that ethics n- needs to become uh central to the development of the technology, not just ai but I think more needs to be done to make it uh, position it in a same that permeates everything that we teach rather than having a separate module the second question you've asked I think it's um, also really interesting um, because it's not a straight answer I think um, the answer uh, depends very much on the size of the company and correct. let's say the type of technology they build if you look at likes of Google or Microsoft they will have um, ethicists um, embedded with their product teams. Um, They will have um, ethics teams that will perform research. Um, That was the case with Google until it was dismantled, of course, um, uh, post uh, uh, post quite a bit of a scandal. But in a nutshell, I think you need to be having two types of um, ethically trained specialists um in any organization one that it's a product level and it's either you merge it with uh the uh uh UX um or um uh CX or with the business analyst depending on the size of the project you develop and complexity um you might need to have um those type of roles embedded in your project teams at the moment. Most of the project teams will, 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 will comprise mainly of technologists. You'll have data scientists, data engineers, machine learning engineers, machine learning DevOps. Um, you'll even have AI strategies, but you wouldn't necessarily have a, an ethicist that looks at be, being not only able to help mitigate or, um, um, Solve or help um, help elicit those ethical dilemma, but also how how to solve those di- dilemma because sometimes it's not just about um, adding few lines of code or a certain way of processing a data set. is about having the right processes around. Hence, uh, such a person will need to work closely with legal. will need to close uh, work closely with compliance and with other functions to be able to provide um the right input for the engineers. But secondly, you will need to have someone that looks at organizational level of those issues because what we have learned is that most of the unethical um or 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 unethical challenges related to AI um are 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 not in, in the data set or, or the model. By the time you get to de-bias a dataset, or or identify and address the bias in a in a in a model, you're a little bit le- a, a, a little bit late in the game because um, most of those issues exist with with humans, as we said earlier. It's not just about the values that need to exist, but also pay attention to the the lack of values that actually we carry and we haven't really been. Honest about, right? So I think you need to have a person that looks at um, ethics from a strategic perspective. And I, I wouldn't say that we need a chief ethics officer, AI ethics officer, but we need definitely someone that has this type of expertise and acts more strategically and works with the chief ethics officer, with chief compliance, um, in order to identify and lead the implementation of, of this type of work. At company level, and I would say that's where most of my time—that's where I spend most of my time—working um, uh, uh, with our senior leadership um, in 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 uh, in streaming and strategizing about those issues that um, have to um, to be added in our strategy. Uh, but in the same time, I do touch the pro- product. But um, what I'm trying to do at the moment is also build a team around me that will be able to 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 work um as part of more projects that are being developed um so yes you would need to have two types of experts one embedded in a product and the other one at the more strategic oper- op- operational level um that um uh, looks into um uh, you know changing the organization to 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 be to be able to de- develop um a responsible um AI technology.
0: And it makes a lot of sense uh, because it seems that we're talking, what we're talking right now, it's about more mature AI products or building more mature AI products. And we're migrating from uh, a situation where an AI team would be just built out of machine learning engineers, uh, maybe with a huge uh, AI research background into perhaps what i am what i understand cross-functional teams where an ai team can have yes machine learning engineers but also software engineers in general and then you have ux uh and you have ethics as well and business and product and so so on and there's another thing that i understand from what you're telling me uh you didn't say this but i think you're hinting towards it, uh, and. This is kind of like a question: Is AI ethics? Do you believe that AI ethics for companies, for certain companies, can become a competitive advantage today?
1: Certainly, it has to. On long, t- on short term, it it will be a competitive advantage, and we already see this. Um, the conversation we're having with various startups or scale ups that are approaching us. Um, um, they will position um, themselves as, as um, having their technology align with uh, some key ethical consideration. Um, on long term, um, that should be the norm. Um, I, I think it's, it, it is now a competitive advantage is, is because not many companies have actually um, managed to do it um, right. So I think um, companies that will take a stand for it will stand out um, but also it's I, I I think that's that's kind of a brave brave approach because um, if anything, ethics ask, uh, acts as a constraint right exactly, um, yeah. at the product level, if you look at the model, most of the models now are optimized for accuracy. Um, if you are to uh, account for fairness and explainability. Um, those will act as constraints, and you will have to negotiate the level of accuracy you're, you're willing to trade in order to to achieve certain levels of fairness or explainability. And um, if 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 someone steps in and says, I I am doing this type of negotiations, and I'm aware that by uh, increasing fairness will decrease uh, accuracy, but that's okay because ultimately. We don't want perfect results, um, from a mathematical perspective. Uh, we also want, um, an outcome that is treats, um, everyone fairly and provides equal access and opportunities for everyone in that situation. And that's very much aligned with, with the culture shift we're seeing at the moment in relation with, um, with the structural changes and the inequality that existed in Western society for a long time, and it was hidden, um, and now we have the opportunity to bring those inequalities to light, to, to light, and being able to address it because we have we have technologies like AI that put such a a, a, a shed of light on those issues. So yes, um, competitive advantage now. But our target will be that this is going to be the norm. And we will not accept anything else that ethical and responsible AI to be the norm as quickly as possible. And for competitive advantage to be derived from other sources than ethical AI.
0: Excellent. Uh, and I think leaders, uh, small scale ups, uh, startup scale ups, or big companies, they pretty much have to answer the question are we doing this because we are obligated to do it because of uh, you know gdpr or because it's the right thing to do and for sure this is a yes. totally
1: absolutely different way
0: of thinking about it and it's uh, surprisingly although ethics has been around for thousands and thousands of years in philosophy it's making a comeback <laughs> in the modern world
1: you would be surprised that that are actually um, has always been there because business ethics, um is, um, is at the core of good businesses. An ethical business is a good business. We don't talk about it because most of the businesses are good, hence ethical. Um, but that's where you know, I've, 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 uh, during my 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 MBA studies, I I focus on business ethics and. It was a great, great uh, help for me when I started looking at various considerations around the ethics of AI because business ethics offers a lot of um, um, lesson learned and good practices on how, how to approach it from an organizational perspective. Um, the, the problem with business ethics is that they become an issue when companies start to grow in scale. When the companies are uh, startups or scale up and everyone knows everyone and there's some sort of camaraderie and the same set of values that are being inspired by the, the, um, the owner or the co-founder. Um, it's a little bit easier, but when, when you go to scale and you, you start having several degrees of, of, of uh, organizational um, um, structure in, in between the leadership and the rest of the organization, you would need to have um, those rules in place in order to keep that, that consistency and and allegiance to the values. And that's one of the reasons corporate governance and business ethics exist, in order to make sure that they, uh, the, the founding values um, um, will, will not only remain and be kept intact, but also being able to be consistent across the business as the business grows. So... Um, I, I have a good friend and she's she's uh, having a startup around uh, ethics of AI and she supports a lot of startups to go to this journey. and she's very much surprised to see uh, the lack of concern around ethics for in the startup communities obviously because uh, VCS have and investors have not really put a pressure on in any sort of form. and um there was so so many opportunities as it was with Silicon Valley that Um, Those constraints did not need to be put in place, but the the winds are changing. In fact, if anything, as a new investor, you need to pay attention to the market and the market um, is clearer and clearer. We want those products. We want the technology that exists to be ethical and responsible. And we know, we, we demand to know how technology is being built and used and not just what's being built right now, what has been built in the past. And it, 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 it's every other day we keep on hearing about massive, massive scandals of, of misuse of technology, like we have now here in UK. One um, that looks into—I'm not going to spend too much time on it—but um, uh, um, in a case where where people were punished severely with um, um, oh, wow. prison and fines because some of the computer glitches. And we're talking of people that have had a pristine record as employees and they were choosing, they, they machines were choosing over people. And this shows that, that there are certainly a lot of those, a lot of technologies like this or cases like this that are buried in our opaque systems either public or private where people were hurt because of what because machine got it wrong and we need to bring it to life. We need to be able to be brave and acknowledge the, the mistakes that have been in the past and being able to rethink how we we approach technology going forward. And I can't stress how important it is especially in the context of AI, which And here I'm going to agree with likes of Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking have a real possibility to screw us over as humanity if we don't do it right from now on.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing, uh, Maria. And uh, we're nearing towards uh, the end of our uh, episode. And uh, I think my last question would be, what should we read that you are reading?
1: Oh, oh blimey! Uh, I read a lot. I read a lot. I read a lot of academic papers, although I'm not an academic. And yes, um, gonna 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 share a secret. I sometimes struggle. You know, academic papers are terribly dense, but they are yeah. very very good in opening perspectives on certain issues. So I read academic papers from a lot of my friends in the industry, um, but. Um, for the ease i I would recommend some books that have completely changed my perspective again from some of my friends, as I said, I was lucky enough and i'm I'm lucky to to be in the company of uh brilliant people that have been spent um uh most of their career passionately exploring artificial intelligence and um they created content to share it with the world. Um, the, first, the, one of the first book I will highly recommend is Privacy is Power is written by, um, a, a fantastic professor from Oxford. Her name is Carissa Valise. And the book talks about how we, um, how, how is it the reason we, it's so important for us to take control of our data. Um, and the fact that most of the, 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 the business models that have uh, created the the big tech companies that, that are the most valuable companies in the world is because of our data. Um, and linked with this book is uh, the famous by now book uh, written by Shoshana Zuboff, The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. That's a little bit more dense, 700 pages of, of dense uh, evidence about how Google has become who they are. I will recommend you start with Carissa's book because it's lighter and she has a very engaging style of writing. She's a philosopher, and philosophers are brilliant in telling stories. The second book I absolutely loved was The Atlas of AI. Um, it's written by um, Kate Crawford. Um, Kate, she's a distinguished professor and researcher at Microsoft. And her book, Atlas of AI, talks about... Um, how AI is neither artificial, neither intelligence, neither artificial because there is a large number of natural resources, labor that goes into creating what we call AI technologies, and they're actually uh, uh, currently unaccounted for, unacknowledged. And secondly, it's not intelligent because the the, the huge computation that happens the brute force of processing uh incredibly large volume of data uh, that has nothing to do with intelligence is is it's, it's large scale computation um kate also stresses the um the political flavor of ai and the fact that the most powerful of people of the planet have um continued to uh, Add uh, uh, um, artificial intelligence as one of their priority, including uh, pred- uh, uh Vladimir Putin, who only today mention, um how important artificial intelligence is for the future. Uh, and lastly, another book that's not so much about AI; it's more about the future. It's called uh, Exponential. Um, Gap, it's written by Azim Azar. azim also um has a fantastic podcast that looks into the world of science and technology in general. He's not focusing on AI, he touches um subjects um as varied as cryptocurrency, uh climate change, NFTs, metaverse. Um but the, the reason I like the book because I like very much the podcast and how how uh, the, the phenomenal insights that Zim brings uh, with with his guests uh, in in the podcast is' to understand his book um, shines a light on where where humanity is going in terms of um, our our dance with technology um how technology is going to help us solve uh, issues around agriculture and medicine um, um, and climate change and In this context, we can understand any technology we developed a little bit better because we are able to um, foresee where our world is going based on what we have right now. Those three books are fantastic stuff for anyone who's interested not only on the subject of artificial intelligence, but on technology in general and provide unique perspectives that will change forever how you think technology in general
0: excellent now my reading list got bigger
1: <laughs> you wouldn't be disappointed you wouldn't be disappointed uh, i'm they are sure fabulous books i'm not sure they are translated in romanian but nevertheless i'll encourage you to to read it
0: absolutely uh so maria i like to surprise my listeners and the catch is that you uh get to ask the question and our dear listeners uh, they are invited to think about it, reflect on it, and answer it by commenting on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. So, Mariam, what is your question or challenge for our listeners?
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's it's the first time that I'm being asked to give a challenge to the listeners. So, although I've I've seen the question when you share it with me, I have I, I couldn't make up my mind. Um because actually I have two so let's see if I can actually bundle it into one and I would say if if you're a data scientist or you you work with data in general my challenge to you is to rethink of what this data is to especially if we are talking about personal data Many cases, the data scientists I I I spoke with, they treat data as as a static artifact. They're just numbers that you know the that that they're waiting to be crunched, to be modeled.
0: Yeah.
1: But data, especially personal data, is about people's life, and currently we don't have the same duty of care that exists in other professional specifically medicines where doctors treat everything that surrounds a patient with the almost care including patient data. So my challenge to you would be when you see that data next, think that in that data there are people's lives, people's stories, and the way you model that data will impact someone's life. Are you ready for the responsibility of doing so, knowing that the consequences of those could be major. And I will just leave it there.
0: Awesome. Amazing, Maria. It was a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me and with us. How can people reach out to you for ideas and comments?
1: Um, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed um, listening to us. Uh, I'm on social media. A little bit too much. I should be on Twitter and LinkedIn. So please reach out for any questions or um, any comments. Thank you so much.
0: All right. This was Get Your AI On podcast. Thank you all for listening and be sure to subscribe. We're going to post a new episode every other week. So stay tuned for the next conversation. See you next time.